Hey everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10. That's podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to the top analysis of today's markets. Are investors reading too much into the Fed? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Dale Pinkard, Head of Trader Development at TradeView Markets. Hi, Dale. Hi, how are you, Maggie? Nice to talk to you again. Same here. I'm fine. My voice is crap. Um, as I said yesterday, I'm struggling with a cold, and it was fine earlier. And of course, just as we come to air, I now sound like Marge Simpson's sister, but that doesn't matter. I, I sound worse than I feel. So we're going to we're going to push ahead, but I apologize to everybody. So uh, everyone today was glued to Fed Chairman Jay Powell. He could have come out and said something super hawkish. He chose not to. There was a little bit of something for everyone, and the markets kind of bounced around because of that. What did you take away from the whole public discussion? Well, you know, first of all, there's a couple of interesting anecdotes about February, and it's a Latin root, which means to purify which happens when you do a cleanse. And there's certainly a lot of cleansing going on in the markets right now where weak hands are being shaken out of precious metal positions, oil positions up until today. And also something that it would, you'd have to be a veteran commodity trader to know about the February break, which is a seasonal pattern that happens in commodities that I've witnessed and also been on the wrong side of. That's how you really learn. I was on the wrong side of a February break in gold, and that was a bear market at that time. So that high was significant. This time, I think the high is going to be just a pullback in an ongoing bull market. So we have this uh, purification happening in the market that are creating opportunities. And about the Fed, you know, last week, what was really the most important part when it comes to yields? We had every central bank out there, ECB, BOE, BOJ, our own Fed. And the number that shook the market and rattled the market was the employment number. Mm. And uh, if you put up the 10-year yield chart, Maggie, you could see that we bottomed around that uh, 335 level. Uh, It's a nice little double bottom. And then we accelerated to the upside. And you could see how it held the... 200-day moving average at the lows, and we're coming out of here. And during Paul's talk today, um, he tried to walk it back a little bit and sounded, you know, he was nice. He wasn't very mean. He's not the mean Paul he's been for the last year, right? He's kind of, a, you know, the good cop Yeah, he now. seemed very relaxed, actually. Some people commented on that. Yeah, he was cracking jokes. Uh, but uh, what's important is uh, yields tried to decline down to about 362, 361, and by the close, they were 366. As long as we're hanging above 356, which is a breakout, I could see 380, and I could even make a case for new highs in yields by year end. And I don't think a lot of people are positioned for that. There are uh, many traders are saying, well, uh, it was an anomaly in the report. It could be seasonal. It may be different. There could be revisions next month. So a lot of people are discounting the employment report. And, you know, I discount news too, but price is king 
And the price action is saying yields don't look like they're going lower from here. Wow, that would be that would be a significant event. By the way, any questions, you know what to do. Drop them in the live chat or tweet us at Real Vision if you have questions for Dale. So why do you think yields are going? First of all, how high do you think they're go- they will go? And why? What's going to drive them higher? What's the market uh, getting wrong? Uh, uh, the market's probably getting wrong. Uh, China reopening. That's uh, You saw crude jump today. Uh, I think the market's getting wrong that uh, the re- receding of uh, inflation numbers. We'll find out next week. All we've had is good news on that front. Mm. And uh, the market's getting it wrong that what we have is a secular decline in potential people to enter the workforce. So it's going to be very difficult through monetary policy to really crater that market. And uh, we're also getting wrong that everyone around the world is tightening. So it's not just US centric. Uh, there's, uh, you know, was a race to debase, and now there's a race to preserve your currency. And uh, I think that's what the market is getting wrong. I think we'll know later on uh, the price action right now is saying that uh, yields are heading higher. Uh, and the 30 year bond may not make a new low because that's a little different story than the 10 year, but it could retrace back down to. 98, 96, and from where it's at right now, the TLT, uh, that would be a pretty good break. And that set off liquidation in gold and silver and a rebound in the dollar. And the only market that's been able to really fight this has been uh, equities. So do you think that we are going to get a second wave of inflation? Is this part of what your thesis is based on? I think that uh, it will repeat just like the 70s where it took more than one round of central bank tightening to finally tame it. Uh, We had several peaks that were were false starts for the end of inflation. um, And that was before unprecedented money printing and fiscal stimulus, which makes it even more difficult. Are you surprised that the Fed's not trying to message more aggressively? That because he, uh, he didn't, I mean, he did say longer for you know we're going to ho- hold them higher for longer, and he did say you know he did balance it, but he's not coming down as hard as he did before, and people are seeing that as a pass that they yeah. think that they're going to nail a soft landing. I think the Fed is following the market, mm. okay, and uh, I don't think they've really changed their tune, even though yields have come down. It's been inflation has been receded. But if people think that we're going to go back to price levels we had before this burst of inflation, they're delusional. So we may only be at a 4% inflation rate, but that's against extremely high prices from last year. So it's not like the inflation problem is solved. The rate of change has come down, not Mm -hmm. that inflation is beaten. Which is a really important distinction. You you mentioned the dollar. We you know we the last time you were on, um, it was I think at the end of last year, and there were a lot of dollar bears coming into twenty twenty three. You you had talked about that with Andreas and Weston. Yeah. What do you see happening in the dollar right now? All right. Well, initially I thought one hundred two was going to hold. We got a little bounce to one hundred five, but I brought the uh, British pound chart and. Even though the euro made new highs and the Dixie made a new low at par 50, uh, the pound did not take out its high at 124.60. And that's a a pretty good sign of relative weakness. 
I think that uh, that the dollar index itself, if it takes out 104, could trade 107.5 to 109, and that we're going to get retracement moves. If you look at the pound, uh, it looks like 61.8 is about 115. I think that's possible, and uh, also think that uh, the euro could trade back down to maybe initially 105 and a half, three and a half, and you can't even rule out um, a retest of parity, especially as things continue to escalate in Russia and Ukraine. Wow. So you see that uh, Christopher was asking with DXY trading better, is it too late to short cable or the euro? I'd wait for a rally back to maybe 122 in, in uh, cable and in the euro maybe uh, 108 and a half in mm -hmm. that range being wrong over the high of both of them. I'd wait. Uh, don't chase anything. Let markets come to you. You're always going to miss trades. Say that to yourself. I will miss trades every day. Take the pressure off yourself. It's okay because there's always another trade around the corner. This is why they call you coach. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you've been, you've been doing this I've for a long it. time. <laughs> You've lived it exactly, yeah. and we are in much more. I, I just we we had Brent Donnelly on Friday, and he was just saying it's much more of a two-way market now in a way that it yes. wasn't for a while. So you do have to think about that. I want to play a soundbite just, just because you brought that up in terms of strategy and the mental game. I want to play a clip um, from Harris Kupperman. I we sat down for uh, my podcast, My Life in Four Trades. We just put the video version on the platform. Um, what a fantastic conversation! And he was talking a lot about being on the wrong side of a trade uh, and how to grapple with that. Let's have a listen. Part of the game is failing and you can get a stock pick wrong, whatever that happens all the time. But I think you have to fail epically a few times at, the, at this business. Um, you know, you have to really get hurt badly and, you know, question what your career looks like and why are you doing this thing you're doing and then show up the next morning and lose another five or 10% over and over and over again. You know, it, it's just, part of the game. So much fun. That full interview is on our website uh, with Cuppy. I know a lot of you follow him. Um, one of the, someone who's already seen it, Michael commented, don't let his casual affect fool you. This dude earns his alpha and he's right. It was, it was a really good time. Um, so make sure you check that out. You can scan the QR code or hit the link to figure out how to be a member. So Dale, I know you think a lot about this too. Um, and I think it falls in line with what you were saying. Um, don't chase the market, but you are going to get it wrong sometimes. How do you grapple with that? Well, the number one thing is uh, uh, learn to trade with stops because other you have to really be disciplined uh, if you use a mental stop. In fact, I make a joke, Maggie, that the last time I used a mental st mental stop, my first stop was a mental institution. <laughs> so, uh, you you know, because it'll pass that area and you go, well, you know, I'll give it another day. Yep. Give, you need the discipline of the order being in there. And if you get stopped out and then the trade works, you can re-enter it. But if it doesn't work, the worst part about sitting with losers for a long time is not just the loss of that trade. The opportunity loss because you become uh, fearful about assuming any more risk because you're being buried in something else. And I only say that because I've lived that too. So you're better off being out and flat and reassessing. And one comment I have is you don't have to come back into 
the office and lose another 5% after you've taken a major hit. There is a thing called reassessing and recharging your battery and taking a break. Um, I don't need to get hit in the head with a ball peen hammer more than you know 10 times to know that it hurts. I don't have to go into the office to get hit again. So I, I recommend even when things are going well, that you take a break and if you have windfall profits, they're only digits in your account, just like chips at the casino, and they are not real. So mm. pull some of your equity of your gains and spend it and make it real or convert it into something else, buy some silver coins or buy Bitcoin, diversify out of it, but make that money real and then you'll protect it. Like people say, well, it's the house's money because they've had a good run. It's not the house's money anymore. It's your money and protect it like it's yours. That's great advice. Hey everyone, we're gonna take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. So John asking, would you raise cash at this point? Uh, no, I, I'm not a big fan of cash. I'm a trader. Uh, you know, I think there's a, enough opportunities in there, depending upon your time frame, to make commitments to different asset classes. In fact, I think that this decline coming up here in silver and gold may be the last bus stop. And I'm looking forward to reaccumulating miners and silver. Uh, if you're a, a physical buyer, buy it anywhere. If you're a leverage trader and you're looking at miners, gold shares, silver shares, and futures, then your timing has to be a little more precise and buy it anywhere. But if you want, if you're a physical buyer, just scale, start now. So we, we, I think we have a chart of both of those. And we remarked, um, you, you, boy, we talked about silver back in September, I think. Um, but there were a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon. We heard a lot about gold as we turned the new year. It was sort of top pick for a lot of people. What's happening with this chart that you see that makes you so bullish about stepping okay. in and buying this pullback? All right. Well, uh, a, a couple of other interviews here on Real Vision. I was uh, talking about the gold-silver ratio, which bottomed at 74 and went to 85 and said that if you're bullish metals, you buy gold because that's a preferred long when the gold-silver ratio is going up and silver would be the preferred short. So gold kept making consecutive highs. I missed out on a leg in gold, uh, but silver just could not get out of the way. Now, the lesson here for traders is if you look at what happened on Friday, uh, we made a new marginal high, took out the 24.54 high by a nickel, and that is classic stop hunt activity to set off the correction. So the lesson is do not put your stops directly over a swing high or swing low. Give it tolerance because this is not the first stop hunt I've seen. Uh, I used to see it on the floor where uh, traders would bid up a market and when the stops were elected, they They'd unload their logs and get short. And I think that was a similar situation in silver. And I bullish silver because 
Uh, I believe we have an, a bull market going on in gold and silver, and there's just a little bit too crowded. So part of the February break, I'd be looking at silver um, for leverage positions around 2110 to $20, wrong under 18. Looking for 30 on the next run. Fantastic. We have a question about the Aussie dollar. Are you watching the Aussie dollar at all? Yeah, the Aussie dollar, uh, they're still in a tightening mode, unlike, unlike Canada, unlike the BOC. But I also think that the Aussie dollar could correct during this dollar correction, but it had the best day today. So my preferred short would be uh, euro right now, because I think euro pound could sell off and that would make euro the preferred short, but uh, I'm bullish long term. If I see 65 Aussie, I'm backing up the truck. I think it could happen. 65. I love that. Backing up the truck. We have another question about um, if this is from John, if yields higher than equities lower question mark, it looks like a lot of high growth equities have put in a nice base formation but higher yield should mean more downward pressure. Okay, well, I would uh, advise, who was it, John? John. Uh, John, to uh, go back and look at 1987. Uh, maybe you were just an idea in your parents' head or they haven't met yet, but to me, it's like <laughs> yesterday. And there's this thing called disintermediation where rates can go up for a long time before it impacts the market. And I think that's what's going to happen. Now, I'm looking to take tech, tactical shorts in the market. In fact, the way I'm going to approach it is I want to talk about the VIX. Okay, it's the most hated instrument in the cosmos. First of all, because people were trying to buy it before we had a peak in the market and they were hedging and losing their money. And then last year comes and the best the VIX could do was about 35 uh, because it was a pretty orderly decline, even though there were massive uh, losses and a lot of stocks were down 50%, 70%. So people are now saying, sentiment is, I'm not gonna buy insurance. I'm certainly not gonna buy the VIX. It didn't work yes, uh, all last year during a 20% decline. So there's a recency bias. Mm. That something that hasn't worked will never work. And some of the technical indicators here, and I'm just, you know, not loading the boat on this, but uh, buying the June 25 calls started last week when I saw the low at 17. And just in case there is a shock, uh, a geopolitical shock, or maybe the market can't handle 4% 10-year yields again. Um, so it's my way of not having to pick a sector or buy puts on an individual index, but just to be there in case there's an event, uh, China, Taiwan, anything that would make uh, the VIX explode to the upside. And some people that I follow and talk to actually have upside targets of 48 in the VIX. On, on the VIX? Yeah, yeah, that could happen sometime this year. So wow. I might be early buying Junes, but then I'll just roll into SEP. But I, I like the fact that I think the VIX had about 9% bulls two weeks ago. That means everyone hates it. It's the opposite of having 95% bulls. Um, so uh, that's what I'm doing. That's how I'm approaching the market. 
and uh, you know the S and P could pull back here to four thousand and rally one more time to forty three hundred. So that's really the important zone to me. Last August highs were forty three hundred, and we'll see what the market could do from there. Uh, I think it's worth a tech, uh, you know, tactical short there. Wrong over all time highs at that forty three forty four hundred level. Maybe that happens next month. Yeah, and and we saw you know we saw stocks moving around quite a bit, but I but I'm just looking at the the closing numbers here, and it was a nice rally. S and P up one point two nine percent, Nasdaq up one point nine, even the Russell, which was sort of lagging at one point, up three quarters of a percent. Um, and just for reference, if the VIX could go up to forty eight, it's at eighteen now. It's down almost four percent today. So yeah, yeah. To underscore what you were saying about it being extremely it, unloved, <laughs> uh, very unloved, and uh, uh, the the action in the market uh, today is you know you can't fight it. This is part of the to purify, mm-hmm. and I was one. I didn't catch this rally in the S and P's. I uh, thought Apple was going to do worse than it did before it turned, and um, uh, it's been a tremendous rally. But again. I miss trades every day (laughs) and you will miss trades every day and you'll miss swings every day. And you know, people that miss the gold, now the gold is giving you an opportunity. If you miss that first wave, the market will give you another opportunity if you're patient enough to wait for it. Which we know is hard to do. (laughs) It's hard to be patient. Well, even Tom Petty, yeah, Tom Petty said waiting is the hardest part. Oh, that's right. A classic. So I want to ask you, you were talking about the VIX. I wanted to ask you, there's been a lot of chatter about OTDE, zero days to options expiration. Um, Tommy Thornton noting today on Twitter, I saw him tweet out that they're getting pushed around today. Do you worry about the wide use of these vehicles? Is that something that you're watching? Um, I didn't even really know about them until you brought them up right here, Mm -hmm. Maggie. So, yeah, there's been a uh, yeah. lot, a lot of liquidity in them, um, and some people have been, I don't know, I think a bit worried, <laughs> a bit worried okay. that when you see people using them and, you know, in a, a massive uptick in, in volume and use of them, that maybe somehow that's going to, like everything else, if somebody runs for the exits the same day, but you'll check okay. it out. You check it yeah, out so and it, let us know next that, time we talk because I know you're all over that market. So Yeah, so it's that people are betting for one day at a time what the market's going to do. They're using it. I, yeah, using yeah. it as a way to get some leverage, I think, okay. um, which, you know, maybe maybe just them smartly using something that's available to them now um, or you have people using stuff that maybe they're not exactly sure. If you're going to do options and you're a buyer, buy time. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, worthless uh, calls and puts that expired worthless. So mm. buy yourself time because you have to get two things right, the direction and the time frame. I, I wouldn't narrow it to one day. I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have a question from Miguel. What do you think about crypto? I, I, I like it. Uh, when I was here the first time with you, we talked about buy straw hats in winter <laughs> and that's when we were in the crypto winter and it was trading around 18 grand i said so you buy half now and if it goes to 14 you add and it went to 15 and i never added so i missed the add on it but 18 is it looks like a good price now and i buy pullbacks in uh in bitcoin i think this is just the first wave up just like gold wow really silver 
Yeah. Are you just doing it from a chart perspective or are there? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly a chart perspective, a sentiment, you know, we had the FTX thing, all, all the signposts were there that, you know, we were washed out. It mm-hmm. was just such a strange formation that it just based and moved sideways and mm-hmm. sideways. And, you know, my skeptical nature is they're making it too easy to buy down here. I wanted to see one spike to shake out uh, the week longs. Never happened. So they were right buying that little saucer bottom. Mm. And by the way, it's above 23,000 yeah. today after I'd, that. Yeah, I'd buy a pullback to 21 to 20, risking it to 18. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Do you think that it still trades with risk assets or has that decoupled, do you think? Do you look at that? Uh, or it bottomed, that? Kind of bottomed before. Uh, it, they're not as tied, but uh, I think the weak dollar gave it uh, a lift. So we'll see if this dollar bounce. Because to me, it still is, I think, a lot of people looking at it as a alternative to the dollar. Mm. So a weaker dollar is going to play into a bullish case for Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, Trillion X is asking, what sectors do you prefer in this environment? I would, I would also just maybe say assets, or, or you know, what, what are you feeling very convicted about right now, Dale? Um, well, I want to buy the break. I brought a GDX chart uh, where I would use the GDX as a guideline for others you know, precious metal stocks. Uh, I think that there's going to be a dynamic two-year move in miners. And I like it around the 28 to 26 level, which means there's still some more downside. But that's where I'll be uh, accumulating miners. And I like some of the smaller ones like BTG. And I I like Fortuna Silver. It's one of the only silver stocks that doubled during that silver run, went from two to four. So buying it at three bucks halfway back uh, to 280 is something I'm planning on doing too. So, you know, I'm ready to act when things get to my levels. I'm not going to analyze on the fly. My plan is there. And when the market manifests these levels, I'll execute. Mm. Do you think we're, we're, uh, what are you going to kind of be watching? I know you, you concentrate on the charts. What 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 happens with this February purification? Yeah, so well, so and was was we had the January? I asked you how you felt about the beginning of the year, and you said the January yeah. effect was amazing. Wow! So kind was. of walk me through that how this seasonal plays out. Okay, well it's very possible that uh, the metals and the dollar um, rebound, the dollar rebounds, metals uh, decline until say March twentieth that we have a four to six week choppy consolidation uh, type of period where, you know, the markets are um, consolidating the gains and then we have another upturn. So February uh, isn't a month that I really want to be long much and I'm looking more towards the spring as a place to be getting long the world. When you say that, are you talking currencies? What do you mean, long the world? And is it versus when you're, the US? 
if the, if this is a bear market rally, like I think it will be in the dollar, I don't know where it's going to peak, maybe 106 to 110, depends mm -hmm. on the retrace. As you notice, when the dollar was declining, everything went higher. Mm. Everything went higher. So uh, a weaker dollar is going to inflate values and in commodities. You're going to have uh, less concern about uh, a strong dollar affecting earnings of multinationals. So the a weak dollar is the key for a melt up with the bulls that are looking for new highs in the stock market. You're going to need like a 90 Dixie to get there. So we, you're expecting a weak dollar, even though you think yields are going to move higher and that the Fed's oh, not going to be able to. to. Yeah, eventually, uh, you know, people were buying the euro because of an interest rate differential. They thought the advantage was with euro up until recently. Mm -hmm. So yields could go up and the dollar could still fall. We're shaking out all that we can. So I'm looking at this rally, if it happens, I could be wrong, as a bear market rally in the dollar that mm. pressures everything, maybe even equities, um, until the dollar peaks out and starts heading down again, and then you could buy everything. Wow. All right. Well, it's uh, it, my, my takeaway from this is, again, I think that what we're hearing from everyone, which is that you have to be pretty tactical. You have to think short term where you see all these things moving, and then there's sort of a second phase um, yeah. in the in the in the um, spring, second, I'll say second half of the year from June, and your most convicted calls are gold and Bitcoin. Gold and uh, the miners and mm -hmm. uh, shorting the dollar after this bounce. Because, you know, I could see one, when we first talked, I thought we'd see 109 euro. I didn't stay for the whole move, but it got to 110.30. Mm -hmm. uh, I think eventually you could trade 130, but lower first. Fantastic. Dale, the, our our fantastic viewers are giving you a lot of love for your jacket, which uh, I did as well. Yeah, okay. Into this. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Dale, I'm all you, shook up. Uh -huh. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm all shook up. <laughs> Not only is he an epic trader, but he's also a crooner and a karaoke king. So you learned right. something about Dale today. You know, trading is what we do. It's not all we are. So true. So true. We're going to take song requests next time you come on, Dal. Okay. And we can have all a right, little Maggie. a little after party with the viewers. It's been a blast. It's been a blast talking it's, to you. It's always fantastic to have you on, Dal. And we always appreciate you sharing all your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. Okay. It's my honor to do so. Thank you, Maggie. Bye -bye. Thanks to all of you for the great questions. Uh, we'll be back the same time tomorrow. In the meantime, take care and good luck out there. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.